welcome to this episode of Coffee and Conversation. I am Shannon Daniels, your host and founder and CEO of Encaptive, an interactive presentation software that lets you turn your uh, attendees into active participants and convert them to customers, donors, or fans before they leave the room. And today I'm joined by Alan Cohen, who is an executive coach and just an all around amazing person. And I'm really excited to have him here for this special edition of Coffee and Conversation. Um, we are, as you all know, in the middle of a pandemic right now. And so I wanted to take an opportunity to talk to Alan because with what he does, he specializes in executive coaching and leadership. And We've been talking a bit lately about leading in uncertain times, and he's got some really great pointers and some really great advice to help us as we're all kind of dealing with this crisis, dealing with this new normal, and as leaders having to figure out how to best lead through these times and make sure that our companies and our work is still moving forward, but at the same time being um, sensitive and understanding of our employees' needs and the needs of the world around us. So thank you, Alan, for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Great. can you just take a moment and tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I am an executive coach. I, I work a lot with senior leaders and organizations and, and their teams and help them be more effective. And I uh, do a lot of personal development work also with male leaders around emotional intelligence. I'm, I'm an author. Uh, I've written a few books around the power of connection in uh, distracted times. Uh, when I wrote the book, it wasn't, it wasn't quite like this. Uh, so, but, so the book is a, it's probably the perfect book for right now. And uh, I'm a speaker. I just did a TED talk on the power of shared purpose, which you, Shannon, helped me. So, so thank you. And it was a great talk. Make sure to check that out. Go to YouTube, look it up. Um, Alan's on your site as well. Uh, yeah, it is. So alansamuelcohen.com, check it out. Um, but before we jump in today, I want to kind of address what we're all dealing with in the world right now in this coronavirus pandemic. For myself, it's been kind of crazy. I've been sick for several weeks and I'm just finally coming out of that and starting to feel better. And I've been a little bit of a nervous wreck. I have a sister who's a nurse and she's got a three month old baby at home and she's going in every day on the front lines and they don't have the proper PPE. And it's just, it's really nerve wracking. And she had a scare last week that just got it, you know, <laughs> got us all worked up about her potentially having contact with a coronavirus patient that they didn't know had coronavirus, so they weren't properly protected. And so there's a lot going on. And I know your husband is the head of an ER, correct, in New York City. So can you talk to us a little bit about that and how yeah. you're feeling with yeah. all of that? Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy time to be at the center of the center. <laughs> uh, you know, living in Manhattan, and, uh, and and my spouse is he runs, he's chairman of an emergency room in the in the New York area, uh, and um, you know, so it, it's it's there's there's kind of no escaping it. It's uh, you know, it, it's there when I walk on the empty streets of of New York, I mm -hmm. put my mask on, just going across the street to the, the, the local store quickly, and probably just once a week, um, or walking the dog. You know, I've never seen the streets in Manhattan so empty, and, and uh, 
um, or when, when he comes home from work at night and shares with me the stories of, uh, well, not only the, not only the, the incredible tragedy of, of so much loss of life, but also the, the amazing heroic sacrifices that his doctors and nurses and, and uh, um, uh, that they're all making. And so, so I am, there isn't a day, Shannon, where I'm not inspired by um, what I see from him in terms of his leadership and, and, and what I see in the community. Um, but it's to say that it is not a, a, an incredibly stressful time right now would be perhaps the, the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest lie of the, yeah. of the year. And, um, you know, and, and managing through uncertainty. Nothing is ever certain, but but right now the the profundity of uncertainty is 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 really palpable. So uh, yeah. you know, so I feel for everyone going through it, whether they live in Manhattan and uh, whether you know, in all parts of the the world. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's a tough time. It, it's a very tough time, and I think we're all feeling it. And I was just talking to my neighbor last night. Um, she manages a chain of restaurants, the local restaurants, and there's eight of them. And she's eight of the restaurants, eight locations. And she was saying that they're worried that at the end of this, they're struggling so badly, they're gonna have to close at least three locations permanently. Yeah. And she's lucky to have a job, but they're fighting with all this paperwork and everything going on in the government. And she's trying to make sure she can do everything she can to keep their employees paid, yep. to keep them having a job, not only during this, but once yeah. all of this yeah. is over with. And how do they avoid those three stores from closing? And, you know, I was asking her, what can we be doing to help? And like, we're ordering out a few days a week to make sure that, you know, contactless pickup or contactless delivery to make sure that we're trying to support those local businesses. Yeah. And it's really tough for anybody right now, especially those who are in leadership positions to try to make sure that they keep people have families, keep them employed, keep them paid. Um, someone else I know that runs a local coffee shop, she has two locations now. She, um, when she finally had to make the tough decision to just close her doors for a period of time, yeah. she decided to sell off everything that was in the store, all of the coffee, all of the food that was in the store. And instead of her taking those profits, she said she was going to take that and donate every single bit of that to her employees and split it up between them to make sure that they have something to live off of during this time. So yeah. it, it's, it's awesome to see what people are doing and what's coming out of this and how we all really come together and support and yeah. help one another yeah. during these yeah. times. I, I, see, I see a lot of people really trying hard to help they're the small businesses that they patronize stay open. And um, I mean, this is like a little thing, but, uh, but you know, our dog walker, um, you know, can't walk dogs right now. She can't, you know, and we, and she's been, she's been like a member of the family for the past 13 years. She's, <laughs> she's the only person other than, than me that the dog actually <laughs> likes. Um, so we've been, you know, basically just keeping her on the payroll and, um, out of gratitude and out of necessity and we don't want her to go out of business and i and i think that i think that that's something that all of us who are in the position to be able to help can be thinking about it's like how can we continue to support 
those businesses, even though our businesses may not be able to serve us in the in that moment. Yeah. Uh, because in a few months, you know, we want to see that we we want them. We want them still to have their signs up and be able to go into that that local store and patronize it. So uh, yeah. But I am seeing, Chana, I am just seeing um, an incredible amount of resourcefulness and, and, and community spirit and people really um, putting, putting the we back into the, into the equation. And that, that moves me. Um, you know, I, I, I was thinking the other day about how, you know, when I, you, it, it's a friend of mine uses the expression, we go where our eyes go and um, we go where our eyes go. And uh, so I can very easily walk out onto these empty streets and see, see barrenness and, 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 and sadness and emptiness and, you know, where's my, where's my city? Where's, where's, uh, you know, where are my friends? But I can also choose to see a coming together, um, people staying home to keep each other safe. Mm-hmm. Um, that just incredible, incredible spirit of empathy and, and, and connection. And that's what I choose to look for. And that's what I see. Um, so I don't see sadness when I go outside. I actually see the, the incredible strength um, of New Yorkers in particular. That's what I see right now um, in, in supporting each other through just a really, really unimaginable time. Yeah. And and that's great. And I think that brings up a larger conversation, a whole different conversation we could have about perspective and keeping perspective and how that's important and the perception and what you see. And that actually you had sent an email out, which is what spawned me to say, hey, I know we already recorded an episode of Coffee and Conversations. Why don't we put that on hold and focus on this? Because you had sent out five tips for leading during uncertain times and self-perception is one of those things. So can you talk a little bit about that and what you've been seeing with, as an executive coach, what you've been seeing in your business right now and with your clients right now? Yeah. So, so self-perception, which is a, a, a key tenant of emotional intelligence is, is really just, is really how reflecting on our own strengths, reflecting on our own, our own thoughts, our own beliefs, our own our own mindset, kind of, and I say like, you know, how do we want to show up in the world for the people who are counting on us, and um, and and while also being being true to to ourselves and our own core beliefs, and and so what I'm seeing, and um, and so grateful to to be able to see it is is leaders showing up for their teams in, in a really powerful way, which means being honest and transparent and empathetic mm-hmm. and also lend, also being clear, uh, being clear and, and, and setting the path, even amidst a changing tide that, you know, that's changing minute by minute, forget even day by day. But I, but I feel like those people, and I see that with my clients, they're, they're also taking the, the time to check in with how they're thinking, what they're believing, who they want to be. You know, do I, do I want to hide right now? Do I want to shrink? Do I want to get small? Do I want to stop taking any kinds of chances? Do I, you know, or do I want to... Do I want to show resilience? Do I want to model inspiring leadership? Even when it's hard, especially when it's hard, right? Yes. Especially when you feel like crying and you want to just, just 
pull the sheets over your head, you know, that now's not the time. Now's the time to, to be brave and to, and to, to step up and, and to say, yeah, I'm hurting too. And how can we, and, and how can we come together right now around this and create something out of this, this space of uncertainty? Yeah. And something you said there kind of struck a chord with me, which is the honesty aspect. Having worked in all different um, types of organizations. I've worked in large scale corporations. I've worked in universities, both large and small. And I've been a small business owner and now I run a tech company. <laughs> and so I've, I've kind of seen all different things and in different, each different type of organization, there's different ways of communicating and expressing yourself. And one of the words you used there was honesty. And I know that I've been in some organizations when they were in trying times or there were major things happening on like mergers or something like that. And there's a lot of spin that can happen in the way things get communicated. Right. And while it's really important for us as leaders to be careful in how we communicate what's going on and how we're responding to the situation, there's also that really important key of being honest because yeah. i feel like so many times in organizations leaders are afraid to just be honest they're afraid to just say i'm scared too because they feel like they can't be scared because they're the pillar that's holding up the organization right. so what are your thoughts around that and i think that kind of and i may be wrong but i think it kind of leads into your second tip which is self-expression yeah so yeah so you know i was a publicist for for 20 years, so I know something about spin. And, um, and <laughs> no. You know, oh yeah, well, so now's not, now's not the time for people to be spinning, anybody. You know, we're spinning enough in our, in our minds. We don't need to be spun. And, um, and I think what we've seen, without getting political uh, here, is that, that we want the truth, we can handle the truth, what we can't handle is being lied to um, and, and being disrespected in that, in that we couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. so, the, um, so tell us the truth, uh, let us take that information in. You can, you can tell the truth and you can, you can still portray optimism, which is, which is another aspect of emotional intelligence but trust us that we can handle it. And further, you know, if you, you lose all credibility, you lose all credibility if you don't tell, if you're not telling the truth, because then how do we know what is, when you are telling the truth and when you're spinning us. And in times of crisis, we wanna make sure that we are being led by people who aren't blowing smoke up our, you know. Yeah. So, so it's um, also, and you know I speak professionally about the power of connection and, yeah. and, and how authenticity and vulnerability are such, a core, are such core tenets of connection. So, so I want to feel connected to my leader. I, and the way that I'm going to feel connected is by knowing that they are human and that they feel that they can feel what I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. so, so that that notion that leaders have to be sort of all knowing, um, you know, just nothing affects them, nothing, 
you know, it's, it's BS. Yeah. It's BS. There may have been a time where that was true, but I actually don't even know that that's the, the truth of it. Yeah. I think we want people who can, can show, show the full range of emotion and, um, and allow us to connect to them. But then also, but, there are, but these leaders are also doing the work on themselves so that, the, so that when they show up, they're not leading off of stress. Mm-hmm. They're not leading off of their anxiety. They're actually, they, they've calmed the, their reptilian brains, their fight or flight or freeze, uh, that, ask, that part of their brain so that they're able to lead in a, in, a, in, a, in a calm and balanced way while their hearts may be breaking. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah and I moment. think that's important to note because, you know, I look back on my leadership career in corporate and it feels very different than my leadership career of running this small growing company, right? This startup and where I am right now. And it's, it's important because I'm trying really hard to set a good example and to make sure that I'm keeping the company moving forward while still being understanding that, hey, the people who work with me are, they are struggling as well. You know, they have personal things. They're fa- they have family members to deal with. They have their own health and worries and financial strains right. to deal with. And it's like when things aren't moving as fast as they should be or we're not delivering, it's, I have to remind myself, okay, yes, it's still important to keep the company moving forward and making forward progress to give our customers and clients what they need right now. But at the same time, I also have to be understanding of my employees needs and what they're struggling with and what they're dealing with and work with them to set new expectations so that I can and I think that kind of leads into I want you to talk a little bit about the interpersonal and the decision making aspects of this but um, and I'm not saying I'm perfect I'm far from it and that's the other thing I think we should do as leaders is admit when we're making mistakes or we're not perfect there have been times where I'm like oh I should have thought a little more before I said that right right oh, I didn't take this into consideration. And I think it's important to always um, check that. But some of the things I'm, I'm striving to do is to say, wait a minute, okay, yes, we're behind. We're behind because we had to pivot and we're behind because this person's wife is an ER nurse and she's in the um, ER seven days a week. So he's having to pick up the slack and cook dinner and take care of the kids. And this person also has their family at home. Like everybody we work with that's part of our team has family at home and things going on. And so I try to remember that. And so one of the things I'm trying to do is say, okay, what are the new expectations? You tell me what we can do by when so that I can turn around and set new expectations for the customer or client. Yes, we told them we'd have it by this date, but we're not going to. So when can we reasonably have it by so I can go back and set new expectations and try to make them part of the decision-making process with this? Yeah, I, I, what I heard and what you were sh- sharing is is the is the need right now for a few of these EQ traits to to really be paramount. So empathy is a, to me that's the highest the highest one, and I'm going to tell you why in a, in a second. And then I would say flexibility is number two, and then interpersonal relationships, which is really around uh, communication and and expectations and, and uh, so 
so you know we at some point we're going to get through to the other side of this we don't know what that's going to look like but but there will be a day when our employees are going to reflect back on how their leaders treated them during perhaps one of the most stressful times of their lives especially the younger people new pe people who are new into the workforce who haven't gone through uh, a recession a depression a 9-11 um, anything of the scale and most of us haven't dealt with anything of the scale either at least not yeah. globally <laughs> yeah. so, so are you going to remember kindly when there's choice of who to work for and where to go you can remember kindly that boss who was like just get it done i don't care how you get it done just get it done right we don't have time for feelings right now or are we going to remember the boss who said hey this is tough for you i know that's it's tough for you i know I, you know you've shared with me what your life your home life is like right now i get it you know how can i support you and then how can how can we work together to help us to, to figure out how we can get this, some of these work challenges accomplished yeah because at the end of the day that that's the that's one of the toughest things as a leader is in times like this how do i be supportive and empathetic to my team my employees the people i'm working with my clients and my customers but at the same time keep the business moving forward and keep it from going under right because if it goes under then nobody's going to have a job at the end of the day but you can't just be like plowing forward i don't care what's going on get the work done right right i mean well you know how what kind of leader leadership brand do you want to have uh, you know and i'm seeing this not just with like people who are running businesses i'm seeing this with vendors and uh, you know it's like a kind of tone deafness you know, to continue selling a service without somehow putting it in context of what people are dealing with right now, it just looks like you don't care. I, you know, to, to not be- I, I've seen a lot of that, just like ads coming out and saying, I mean, I've seen a lot of it's happening, so hey, do this, or just not even acknowledging yeah. it. Right. So there's this balance, right? I'm, I'm sick of every single email I get in my inbox being COVID, COVID, COVID. Right. But at the same time, if you ignore the elephant in the room, it's right. like, are you just totally tone deaf right now? Right. I know things are hard, but now's the time to buy that Lexus. You know, it's just like, it's just, it's just like, ooh. Um, so I, I think that it's just, it's just being empathetic in your, even in your sales. And I want people to continue selling services and you know putting stuff out there in the world but let's acknowledge that like this is a hard time and let's make sure that where our messaging is consistent with uh, with a person who actually gives a shit you know yeah. I just think, and if you don't you know maybe you shouldn't be in like you know customer in a, in a, in a service <laughs> business um I, I don't know i don't know but yeah. but also flexibility um, you know, I don't, I, I can't recall in, in my life a time where maybe I was just naive to think that anything was certain, right? But it feels like nothing is certain except, I don't even know, I don't even know how to answer that question, right? But, but the, where you're literally making decisions at, at 10 a.m. knowing that at 10.05 you might have to pivot. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that's been one of the biggest things in our business you you yeah. know in captive was built for in-person presentations and in-person events and then all of this hit 
right as people, we were starting to book some pretty big customers and events and conferences, and then they all get canceled. Yeah. And then the phone starts ringing off the hook saying, hey, can you be a solution for our online and virtual stuff? It's like, er, stop the presses. What are we doing? Now we need to, something that would normally take us months to do, we need to figure out in a matter of days or weeks and completely pivot and completely change and then phase it. And, and just when we think we've got an answer, another thing hits us right, and right. and so you're constantly and so organizations we're we're small so it's i think a little easier for us to pivot right now but at the same time um bigger organizations have more resources too so but they're harder to pivot so every organization of all sizes whether you're a, an individual consultant that's got your own practice or you're a large fortune 500 company we're all dealing with these pivots and trying to handle this and move a ship back and forth and back and forth yeah. while the seas are at like 15 feet yeah. and it's holding, just holding to the ground while the ground keeps changing that's yeah that, yeah so i'm launching a, a one of the bigger programs of, of my in my business at the end of the month and you know, and I, but I'm also really, I'm like listening. I'm just listening. You got to listen to what, what the market's saying and, uh, and, and be nimble and say, okay, well, you know what? Maybe that's not the offering that people are asking for right now. But I, I know in my heart that I, I want to serve and I want to stay in business too. But I would say more than anything, I want to be able to help my clients and the leaders that I work with be successful. If they're successful, I'll be successful. So, so it's, um, but it's, it, there is that, that balance, but, but tone deafness, you know, emotional, emotional tone deafness right now in this environment it could actually could, could kill a business more than this pandemic could. Yeah, you sunk my battleship, right? Yep. Lack of EQ equals <laughs> Q10, you sunk my battleship. The right? connection killer is much, you know, is, is worse than, uh, um, you know, this, this pandemic. Yeah. And so we've talked about, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit because we've talked a lot about the, the EQ and the, the emotional aspect of it and decision making and all of those things. But your fifth tip is one that I think people are really going to appreciate. So I want to shift gears to that a little bit, which is stress management. And we've been talking a lot about you know, managing as a leader, keeping the ship moving forward, steering it through all these pivots and changes and, um, and keeping your employees feeling appreciated and happy. But through all of that, not only do we have the stress of the pandemic, but as leaders, we have a, all the stresses of doing all of that. So can you share some tips and things on how do you manage all of that stress right now? Sure. Because sure. it's not just the daily stresses of being um, a leader or being a leader during a pandemic. It's also worrying about your own health and safety. Absolutely. Absolutely. So <laughs> I was sharing a story the other day about how, how little, little triggers in this environment can become like the most stressful moments. So, you know, so forget the fact, you know, you know, I'll speak for, my, for myself, like 90 year old parents, you know, who I can't see living out on Staten Island, like the stress of making sure that fresh direct, you know, that, you know, gets them their gluten-free 
you know, like, and the they stay safe. You if know. they can even get fresh direct to deliver. <laughs> they can either get that, right? You know, the stress that my husband is going to get sick in the emergency room or bring something home to me, stress of, you know, how my, you know, my, my family is going to support themselves. Um, well, I would help them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like, or it'll just put them out, out to pasture. Um, no, but the little things, you know, it's like the other night, you know, <laughs> you know my, my spouse decided that it was a really good time to reorganize my office. He took all of the books off of the bookshelf and he took all of my folders off the desk and just kind of put them in the kitchen, like in this big sort of like mess of disorganization. <laughs> and then proceeds to like take each book, we'll do this like we'll do a, a visual, takes each book out and he says, so do you even read this? Like, do you even read this? Like, is this even like important? To you? And like half of the books were, were actually books that are like critical to my business, right? Yeah. So then it escalates. I'm like, do you even know what I do for a living? <laughs> and, and my blood is boiling, right? So, you know, so, so it, just it goes like if in, in other situations, <laughs> Says, that wouldn't have stressed me out at all, but because there's just this like baseline stress around, like the small things can just escalate. So, yeah. so you know, I love to tell stories. So I have to share that story. You're you are one of the most fantastic storytellers I know, too. So so little things to little things to manage stress. First of all, stress stress is happening because of projecting into the future or or focusing on past decisions, all right. In the moment, in the present, most of us can handle what we're given in the present. For most of us in the present, everything's actually fine. Mm -hmm. We know where our, our feet are, right? We, you know, we, we have our senses, we're, we're, we're able to, to be mindful in the present. So, so that's one, actually just checking in with yourself and just say, well, what's happening right now? Yeah. What do I see? What do I feel? What do I hear? What do I touch, right? And, if any and of one of the things I have is reflect, don't regret. Reflect. So you can't, you, you can't go back and change the past. Yeah. No matter what. You, why, why, I mean, it's important to reflect back on it and learn from it and change your trajectory forward and the decisions you make going forward based on that. But if you live in the regret of what if, what if, and regret and regret, you're just going to drive yourself crazy because you can't change it. it. It's done. It's over. Nothing's going to change. And I say the same thing about what if in yourself to death. Yeah. It's important to kind of plan for the future and make um, logical and informed kind of decisions or projections or predictions based on what might happen in the future and try to plan for that and mitigate wow. risks. But what if in yourself to death? Right, what ifs or I should have, sir, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's stressful. So I would say also just in terms of mindset management, you know, we, most stress happens because we're focused on things that are outside of our control. So, so it, it, one exercise that people can do is, is actually list everything that we're stressed about and what about those things is stressful and then, and then bucket them. Mm -hmm. What is, you know, what is in my control Related to that is what is in my influence? Mm -hmm. What can I influence? And then that third bucket is what do I need to just let go? 
yep. out of my control. And what you'll notice is that, that probably we're spending more time focused on what's out of our control and then what we need to let go of mm -hmm. rather than what is within our control, even yep. if our sphere of control is very small. Yep. Right? Very small. But, but if we're making decisions, even just based in that very small area of control and influence, we're going to feel so much less stressed. Yeah. Um, on a more practical note, you know, are you drinking enough water? You know, I got my gallon jug right here. Am I getting enough sleep? Which is, which is a big challenge for a lot of people right now. You know, our yeah. sleep cycles are, are affected. So how much sleep are we getting? Are we getting enough? You know, what can we do to, you know, you know, are we overstimulated at night? Do we need to cut back on our coffee? Um, Get to bed an hour earlier so that your body starts to calm down and sink in so that you will get to sleep at regular time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some movement, just some movement, get oxygen into your, you know, sort of flowing through your body. It's, it's you know, I've got a stationary bike, but whatever, whatever you can do, even if it's just jumping jacks, just move. Um, yeah. Make sure you're eating healthy foods. Uh, you know, that's easier said than done at times. Uh, you know, I had a white flower day yesterday. Everything. <laughs> um, and uh, white flower, most addictive substance on earth. <laughs> most addictive and delicious. Um, and I would say, finally, maybe this one, <laughs> I don't know, is is really upping your. If well, if you have a meditation practice, great. I was sitting, you know, sitting still for a few minutes a day, just turning all the the tech and the Zoom and the the, the TV and the texting off for, for a few minutes a day is, is, a, is, is a really good idea. Watching your thoughts, noticing your thoughts. But, but I would say even more than that is, is adding in, if you don't already have it, some sort of a gratitude practice. I, I think that um, even if it's just throughout the day, just noticing something that is working well, um, noticing some random acts of kindness, noticing people helping people, um, <laughs> this morning, <laughs> I just shared this story because it's really where your eyes go, where your mind goes. You know, the first thing that I heard this morning was my spouse telling me that the coffee maker was broken. I mean, that is not the first <gasps> thing. <laughs> like, oh my God. Panic! Oh my God. That was stressful. Um, so, you know, so, but, but then, like, you know, then I walked into the kitchen and there were all these beautiful colored folders that he had brought me home from work. And I'm like, oh no, that is a, so that's so much better. That's such a great thing that I'm going to focus on. You know that, like what that represents is like he listened, he cared, he wants. Yeah. You know, he knows I love colors. <laughs> um, but you know, so, so just throughout your day, just choose to be grateful for something, notice something, um, and because uh, our, as my friend Michael O'Brien says, your eyes, your you go where your eyes go. If you want to focus on people hurting each other and doing or saying really stupid things, you will you will absolutely find evidence to support that people are, um, yeah. but choose to see different. Yeah, and it's funny. Um, I was just talking about this this weekend. I'm I'm a big psychology fan. My you know my master's is in interpersonal communication, which sprung out of psychology, and. I always had trouble during my master's program. My professor's like, Shannon, this is a communication program, not a psych program. I'm like, yeah, why are we reading Freud and Jung then? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so, but um, 
I was reading my 50 psychology classics book this weekend and which led me to reading other books and reminded me of some books I had been reading previously. And one is The New Mood Therapy by David Burns. Um, and it's all about treating depression and anxiety and stuff through mindset and your perspective and your way of thinking. And to a bunch of those points that you made um, during the, the, the stress tips there. I talk about a lot of those things in my book that I had published. And uh, first of all, finding what your stressors are. I use an analogy of gardening throughout my book that we have weeds, we have pests, we have parasites, we have seasons in life. And I, I have a series of worksheets and exercises you can do throughout the book, like helping you identify your weeds, helping you identify your pests and parasites. Here's some tips and tricks for getting rid of them. Here's a prioritization checklist to figure out what are the things that absolutely have to be done in your life that can't be gotten rid of. Those are your must-haves. Those are things you're never going to get rid of. What are those things that are nice to do, uh, really important, you probably shouldn't take them out, but maybe you can find a way to mitigate them. And those things that are just like, you don't really need them, put them at the bottom of the list. And when people really start to think about things like that, they're like, oh, maybe I am overwhelming myself. And it's a simple way to kind of narrow those things down. And then you're absolutely right, focus on what you can control. I just had that discussion with my mom a week or so ago of she was having a moment being quarantined in her condo and one of the people in her condo building got really sick was in the hospital with coronavirus and so it's like focus on what you can control that is what should be important to you because if you start thinking about all these things that are completely out of your control you're going to drive yourself crazy and i gave a friend the same talk and and so that's really important um when you start to focus on what's out of your control you can spiral really quickly And, and so that's really important to focus on what you can control. And then to your point of focusing on what's good, um, psychology has shown time and again that it takes a minimum of three and a recommended five positive thoughts to offset every one negative thought or feeling. And so there's an exercise recommended by psychologists called the three good things. That's and my favorite end of the day you write down three good things that happen no matter how big or how small so it helps keep it in perspective and one of the things that i had put forth and suggested in my book um, is to have two journals what i call a weeds journal which is where you write out all those negative thoughts and feelings and bad things that happen and a sunshine journal where you write out all the good things and good people and no matter how big or small that way when you're having a really rough day or a really stressful moment or feeling just flooded by anxiety you can open up the sunshine journal and see all the good things without having to weed through all those bad things to get there and so it's a good reminder what i love about that also is that you're actually giving you're, you're 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 giving a place for the the weeds to to live because there's there's nothing wrong with with the negative thoughts or the you know or the the, the crappy things that come up in our minds or or that we see but we need to we need to sort of look at them and then and then put them somewhere because yeah. otherwise they just if you you know you push them down or they're just gonna they're gonna take root and um and, and we don't want that either so. Yeah, it's important to validate that we have those thoughts and feelings, especially in this time. And, you know, as leaders dealing with all these stressors and all these things going on, 
you don't have to, it goes back to the beginning of the conversation we were talking about honesty and transparency, and it's okay to admit that you're dealing with all of this too. We don't have to push those things down and pretend they don't exist for us just because you're the leader of an organization. It's okay right. to acknowledge those, but then as a leader, it's important to acknowledge and move forward, right? Well, it's, you know, do I want to focus on all the, 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 the problems and all the things now that we can't do and all the plans that, that, that we're not going to be able to execute on or do I want to focus on... Um, better client service, um, creating more value for people in need right now on my, on, on, on how I'm putting my messages out there into the world. And, and, and what are small things that I can do that can help a lot of people, even if it's outside of my business. So, you know, a friend of mine, you know, she, she started a whole campaign to get masks to first responders. And she, she, assembled a whole bunch of people to do the sewing and she raised all this money and you know and she's just and this is somebody who's dealing with so much like personal like ugh, stuff in her own life health issues and a whole bunch of things but she like she was like no i'm not going to focus on on me i'm going to focus on who i can help and she she essentially started a movement of people helping so, and you know, and you see that stuff all over the place. So yes, it's you know, is she gonna be able to create masks for every single person in the world who needs it? No. But can she feel really great about the fact that she helped the people that she did? Absolutely. Yeah. So with that, I want to ask: Do you have any final thoughts about leading in those certain times, or final tips that you want to share with leaders out there that might be navigating this and trying to figure out how to move forward and what's next? Yeah, I would say that this is just that, that as a leader, this is your moment to shine. Um, it, it's easy to lead during times of abundance and, and when everything is working well. Um, but, but these are the moments, this is where the rubber hits the road. And, you know, what kind of leader do you want to be right now when, when you're needed the most? And, and three months from now or six months from now, um, what's the, what's the book that you want written about your leadership and this moment of, of intense stress and, and, uh, and sadness? And I know what book I want written, um, but I ask you, what's your book? I love that. That's a great way to, to put it out into the world. So Alan, if people want to get a hold of you, uh, want to continue the conversation with you, how do they do that? Yeah, come come over to my website at alansamuel.com. Email me at alan at alansamuelcohen.com. And I'd love to have a conversation with you about your leadership and emotional intelligence and, and, and just getting through difficult times like these. Great. Well, thank you for being on the show. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, we ask that you just stay safe, stay healthy, and stay well. Um, and help out your fellow man or woman in these time, trying times of crisis. And if um, Alan can be of help, reach out to him. If I can be of help or a captive can help you with your virtual meetings and events, reach out. We are giving in captive away for free right now. You can sign up with code connectwell, all one word, uh, because we want to try to do our part to help you stay connected right now. So thank you, everybody. Be well and have a great day.